Buck Benny, a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1947-1948 season of the Jack Benny Show. Uh, we've been having a number of episodes in the last week or so that have focused on Thanksgiving. This episode will be no different. There'll be some Thanksgiving uh, mentions. And Thanksgiving, of course, floats around each year a little bit. And so uh, some of the shows cover it more last week, some of the shows cover it more this week. It's just sort of that thing. Uh, and besides that, we, uh, there'll be a talk of a royal wedding going on on this episode. There'll be talk of, uh, we'll get our first glimpse of what the Beverly Hills Beavers, the Boy Scout sort of troop that supports Jack, is going to be about. They won't be mentioned by name, but you can get a feel for them starting to form the idea that this might be a cool thing to have for for uh, for Jack to deal with um, on a continuing basis. So a lot of fun things for this episode. I hope you enjoy it, and we will see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Quality of product is essential to continuing success. An outstanding example, Lucky Strike. In a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And day in, day out. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. Ed Isaacs, independent tobacco warehouseman of Lebanon, Kentucky, has seen millions of pounds of tobacco sold at auction. Recently, he said, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, ripe tobacco. The kind of leaf a tobacco man really goes for. My own cigarette for more than 15 years has been Lucky's. At auction after auction, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Isaacs can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT, LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco means real, deep-down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, Sunday night is a great night for comedy on NBC. One of the outstanding comedians is Fred Allen. What? <laughs> However, it's too early for Allen, so I bring you his closest friend, Jack Benny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don... Don... Rose Bowl tummy. <laughs> Look, I'd, I'd like to ask you something. After all these years, how can you imply that Fred Allen and I are such close friends? Well, Jack, last year when we were in New York, Allen told me personally that of all the friends he has, if he tried to borrow money, you'd be the closest. <laughs> uh, Fred Allen said that? Yes, Jack, he certainly did. 
Well, Don, I'm the kind of a man who likes to give credit where credit is due. And that joke deserves at least five seconds of silence. Will you people in the audience please bear with us? And that isn't all Alan said. He told me that... Don, Jack isn't back yet. Well, where is he? While the bells were ringing, he was out in the audience selling good humors. <laughs> I was not. And you're, you're just as bad as Alan with those stingy jokes about me. Oh, Jack, it isn't only Fred Allen. Everybody is talking about how cheap you are. Even I'm embarrassed. What? Look what happened last Saturday night at the Brown Derby. Mary. You ordered a bowl of noodle soup and ate it right down to the last spoonful. Well? Then you caught a fly, threw it in the soup, and refused to pay for it. <laughs> Now, Mary, look And that was a fine thing you did at the football game last week Everybody else bought a pennant, but not you (laughs) What'd he do, Mary? He painted USC on his toupee and tied it on a stick (laughs) Well, I had the winning team, didn't I? (laughs) Believe me Yeah, but if you died green for Notre Dame, I'll punch you right in the nose. If you hadn't hesitated before green, you'd have had a great joke there. (laughs) Anyway, sister, you're dimming, you're dimming my Christmas spirit. Now, let's get on with the... Come in. Mr. Benny, I'm from Coronet Magazine, and we want to express our appreciation to you for being our quiz editor this month. Well, I was glad to do it. You were selected because you are a man who always tells the truth. Of course, good. Now we'd like some information for our files. Anything at all. What is it you want to know? How old are you? (laughs) Well, uh, how old would you say I look? Oh, I'd say about uh, 38. Thank you. (laughs) Do you mind if I borrow your handkerchief? Why? The wind is blowing through this hole in my head. (laughs) What? I don't know why it is On other shows, when someone knocks on the door, it's a guest star On my show, it's always an idiot I'll be right with you, Jackson (laughs) I wasn't calling you But as long as you're here, Phil, snap into it and give us a band number Now, wait a minute, Jackson, wait a minute From now on, you just don't stand there and tell me to play a band number You request a musical selection What? Then if the maestro is in the mood, he will acquiesce (laughs) Phil, Phil, are you winking at me? Or did you lose the toothpick that was holding your left eye open? (laughs) I didn't lose nothing, Jackson I'm just classy now Didn't you notice what happened at the opening of the show? Notice what? I was leading a band without a stick Well, (laughs) three cheers and a tiger for you (laughs) Without a stick, huh? Certainly, it's much more dignified now that I'm like uh, the other great musicians, Stokowski or Toscanini or Spumoni. I knew if he talked long enough, he'd hit the jerk pot. I was sure. <laughs> Phil, Spumoni is an Italian ice cream. Oh, thank heaven. I thought I said a naughty word. <laughs> no, Phil, you're in the clear. There was nothing naughty there unless... No, ice cream is ice cream, no matter how you look at it. 
And Phil, as far as your music is concerned... Don't pick on my music, Jackson. I've got enough to do. I've got to come to the studio, rehearse the script, then I've got to rehearse the band, and on top of that, I've got to write my own music. You mean you make your own arrangements? Certainly, but if you paid me enough, I could hire a guy to come down and fix them up a little. You know, one good note here and there makes a lot of difference. <laughs> Phil, one good note in your arrangement is like throwing a rose into a barrel of Roquefort. <laughs> now, anyway, hey, where's Dennis? It's time for his song. Well, he hasn't come in yet, Jack. Well, Don, while we're waiting, let's have the quartet do a commercial. Hey, Jackson, if you want to hear something good, me and the quartet have worked up a number that's dynamite. I mean, you and the sportsman prepared a commercial? Sure. Then we, fellas. Didn't we, fellas? Did you, fellas? Hmm. You see, I'm boss here, Phil. Well, go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's smoking luckies and broiling hammy. That's what I like about the South. Down with Swanee River flows, down where that fine tobacco grows, where every man is a man who knows. That's what I like about the South. If you love me like I love you, send me luckies, PDQ. Raw, raw, raw for SMU. That's what I like about the South. Then we'll go to Tennessee. That's a place for you and me. They smoke LSMFT. That's what I like about the South. Yes. Come with me to old St. Joe, where they love me by the luckies mow, so free and easy on the drove. That's what I like about the South. Even down on Basin Street, they would rather smoke than eat, cause lucky strikes are hard to beat. And that's what I like about the South, Don. Funny thing about an Eskimo, they only smoke in the evening glow, but the nights are six months long, you know, and that's what I like about the North. I'd rather be in Dixieland, cause in that field I'd look so grand, with a big tobacco leaf in my hand, that's what I like about the South. Here's Effie Boone with all the news, speedy rings in his button shoes, and lucky strike is the one they choose, that's what I like about the South. Yes, sir. Say, Phil, did you write that number all by yourself? I certainly did, Jackson. Wrote the music, arranged it, and everything? I mean, nobody helped you? No, I did it myself. <laughs> well, now you know what I mean by Roquefort. <laughs> I can't understand why Dennis isn't here well, yet. Well, I haven't seen him since we had Thanksgiving dinner at your house. That's funny. Hey, Jackson, maybe the kid ate too much turkey and got sick. No, he couldn't have. There were 16 of us at the table, and I still have half the turkey left. There were 28 of us, and you still have three quarters of the turkey left. What? Nobody but you would think of putting sleeping pills in the stuffing. Oh, stop, will you? Yeah, I can't understand where Dennis is. You want me to go out and look for him? Yeah, see if you can... Dennis, when did you come in? Just now. Why are you so late? Well, I had to wait for my mother. She took me downtown to buy a suit with two pair of pants. Well, why, why did your mother have to go along? The suit was for her. For her, Dennis, your mother, your mother wears a man's suit? Well, she used to wear a dress, but one day while she was working, her heel got caught in the hem. She fell down the ladder and dropped all the bricks. <laughs> Dennis, you mean your mother's a hot carrier? Why didn't your father do that kind of work? Well, he has to stay home and do the cooking and sewing. Well, that certainly is a mixed-up family, your mother wearing men's clothes and your father in an apron. Yeah, when I was born, a doctor didn't know which one to take to the hospital. <laughs> Dennis. Lucky for me, he took my mother. <laughs> Dennis. 
Dennis, what makes you so silly? Oh, I don't think he's silly, Jack. I think he's cute. You're cute, too, Mary. And if you ever think of getting married, my phone number is Gladstone 1975. 1975. If a man answers, it's my mother. <laughs> Dennis, if Mary was thinking of getting married, it wouldn't be to you. You're just a kid. Oh, I'm not a kid anymore. My father told me all about the birds and bees. What? The birds are the ones with the wings. Dennis, the bees have wings, too. Don't get vulgar. Dennis, do me a favor. Let's have your song, will you? Okay. Can't understand how he got two shows. How he ever got a father and mother. Lately, whenever you hold me, you don't hold me tight. Don't you love me anymore? Lately, I've had to remind you to kiss me goodnight. Don't you love me anymore? I remember when I used to thrill you skies. Now I noticed when we kiss, you don't even close your eyes. Maybe I'm just being silly to feel like I do. Am I the one that you adore? Or don't you love me anymore sung by Dennis Day and very good Dennis. Thanks Mr. Benny. Before I forget my mother told me to thank you for inviting me to your dinner last Thursday. Well you were very welcome. And by the way kids uh, all of you I meant to tell you you know you almost didn't have that turkey for dinner. What do you mean Jack? Well somehow I didn't have the heart to kill it. As a matter of fact it was the day before Thanksgiving you know the turkey was out in the yard and it was getting late. Look at her, Rochester. She's certainly a fine-looking turkey. (laughs) Gee, we've had her almost a week now. I know, she seems to know us. (laughs) Well, it's got to be killed. 
Here, Rochester, here's the hatchet. Yep, we gotta do it. Here's the hatchet, boss. <laughs> yes, sir, if it's gotta be done, it's gotta be done. Here's the hatchet, Rochester. No use wasting time, that's what we're out here for. Here's the hatchet, boss. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Rochester, I'll toss a coin to see who does it. Heads, it's you. Here, I'll toss this quarter. Here goes. Where did it go? Where's the quarter? The turkey swallowed it. What? <laughs> boss, boss, with the hatchet, not with your bare hands. <laughs> I, I was just trying to stop her from swallowing it. Now, Rochester, let's not fool around anymore. Now, take the hatchet and chop the turkey's head off. But, boss, isn't there an easier way to do it? Why don't we kill it like Mr. Harris kills his turkeys? Oh, does Mr. Harris kill turkeys a special way? Yeah, he feeds them a quart of bourbon and lets them hiccup themselves to death. <laughs> you mean he gives the turkey a quart of bourbon? On Thanksgiving, Mr. Harris wants everybody to be happy. <laughs> well, that's silly. How can the turkey be happy? Its body will soon be in the oven roasting. Yeah, but its head will be out in the yard smiling. <laughs> oh, fine. Well, we're not going to waste any bourbon on this turkey. <laughs> look, look, Rochester, we've stalled long enough. I'm going to the house, so uh, you kill it. But, boss, I, I hate to. Well, I'm not happy about it either, but it's got to be done. Now, go ahead. All this fuss over killing a turkey. But then, you do get kind of attached to them. I remember I brought her home Saturday. And every morning, she laid an egg. If she could give milk, too, I'd have let her live. <laughs> But then, what have I got to lose? At least this way, I get food and a duster. <laughs> but I'm sure gonna miss her. She was kind of cute. I don't know, she'd all... Well, boss, it's all over. You mean? Yeah. Say, boss, I wonder what gobble, 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 gobble means. Why? Those were her last words. <laughs> well, don't worry about it, Rochester. It had to be done. I'm going into the den and lie down. I'm kind of tired, anyway. Well, it'll be good to lie down a while. See, yeah, I'm tired after all the work I've done. I hope the gang enjoys the Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. But it's not like it used to be. I remember when I was a kid back in Waukegan. My father and I used to go out in that big forest and shoot a turkey. Just think, that's where Chicago is now. <laughs> uh, I hated to make Rochester kill that turkey. It was my fault, too. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I feel like I'm falling asleep. Maybe I better take my hat off. <laughs> I didn't want to kill that turkey. I didn't want to kill that turkey. 
I didn't want to kill that turkey. the case of the Gobblers of Los Angeles County versus Jack Benny. Wait a minute. What am I being tried for? You are charged with murder. Murder? <laughs> Wait a minute. This is a mistake. I didn't murder anybody. Who did I murder? You murdered my daughter. <laughs> but you're a turkey. And look, the jury, they're all turkeys too. Everybody rise, please. His Honor, the judge. Judge? How can you be the judge? You're a turkey, aren't you? Well, what do you think I am with this worm in my mouth? An apple? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) But, Your Honor, if you're the judge, why aren't you on the bench? Why are you sitting over there? My wife went shopping, and it's my turn to sit on the nest. Oh. Whoops, congratulate me, I'm a father. (laughs) And now let's get on with the trial. (laughs) The prosecution will present its first witness. Will the first witness please take the stand? Your name? Tallulah Turkey. (laughs) You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Tell her to uncross her legs. She's influencing the jury. (laughs) Imagine her coming into court wearing those short feathers. Now, Mrs. Turkey, when was the last time you saw your daughter? When she went out with that man over there and she lost her head completely. That's a corny gag. It ain't bad for a turkey. (laughs) Order in the court. Order in the... Whoops, that's twins. Won't Mama be surprised when she comes home? Will the next witness please take the nest? I mean the stand. You are here as a character witness, sir. What is your name? My name is Fred Allen. Your occupation? I'm a comedian. That's a lie! (laughs) I object! Order in the court! Order in the court! Now, Mr. Allen, how long have you known the defendant? Seventy-four years. Just a minute, Mr. Allen. You're not that old. When you know a man like Benny, you try to hurry up and die. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. That will be all, Mr. Allen. Your testimony has... Whoops! That's three down and one to go. (laughs) And now will the defendant please take the stand? Yes, and I'll say plenty. Your name? Jack Benny. Your occupation? Radio comedian. Your wage? Thirty-eight. What? Oh, my age. Well, that's a personal matter. Now, isn't it true that on the afternoon of November the 26th, you did murder with drumstick aforethought, Miss Tilly Turkey? Yes. But since when is it a crime to kill a turkey? The prosecution will present its next witness. Yes, sir. Your name, please. Mr. Kitzel. 
Now, Mr. Kitzel, in the course of your employment in a poultry market, isn't it true that you sold the defendant to Turkey? Look, Mr. Benny is a very good friend of mine. I don't like to say anything that's going to hurt him. Well, how long have you been friends? Since before he murdered the turkey. <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, quiet. Now, about this turkey you sold the defendant, was she nice and plump? She was beautiful. Oh? Then she was very well-rounded. <laughs> Her pictures was banned in Boston. Now, Mr. Kessel, we want an identification of the deceased turkey. How much did she weigh? I think 29 pounds. You think she weighed 29 pounds, don't you know? Wait, I'll ask my assistants. Say, boys. Hmm. They're not his assistants. That's my quartet. What's the matter with everybody? Are they crazy? Boyas, how much did Mr. Benny's turkey weigh? What kind of a trial is this? She was the turkey of 29 pounds. In the barnyard, she made all the rounds. Now there were 29 chickens as crazy as the dickens about the turkey of 29 pounds. She left 29 broken eggs. She had feathers all over her legs. And brother, I am not bluffing. You ought to see the stuffing in the turkey of 29 pounds. She was a gob, gob, gobbling baby. A new kind of bird from the West. She'll make wonderful gravy. If you're not careful, it's on your vest. She ate 29 bushels of corn. Since the 29 weeks she was born. She looks so lovely on your table with her legs like Betty Grable. She's a turkey of 29 pounds. Oh, gobble, gobble, the turkey of 29 of the jury, you've heard the evidence. What is your verdict? We find the defendant, Jack Benny, guilty of murder. Don Wilson! <laughs> Let's get him, kids. <laughs> get away from me! Get away from me, do you hear? Stay away from me! Claws out of my ribs. Boss, wake up, wake up! It's me! Huh? Oh. Oh, it's you, Rochester. See what a dream I just had. Dreamed a bunch of turkeys were eating me. I could feel them. One of them kept biting me and biting me. Well, boss, you should never go to sleep with your teeth in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's tough enough when we grown-ups have problems. But when our children are the victims of circumstances we are responsible for, that's unforgivable. I'm referring to what is happening in our schools today. Thousands of underpaid teachers are being forced to leave their profession to enter better-paying fields. Now, we can, we can correct this situation by being active in the Parent-Teachers Association local school boards, and getting to know the individual teachers better. So let's support our teachers and take an active interest in their welfare. Thank you.
Jack, we'll be back in just a minute. But first... Quality of product is essential to continuing success. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Yes, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. Remember what happens at the tobacco auctions? Season after season, at auction after auction, independent tobacco experts can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. James Ball, ace tobacco auctioneer of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, sold seven and one-half million pounds of tobacco in just 24 days. A world's record. Not long ago, he said, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, ripe, mellow leaf. Tobacco that makes a swell smoke. I've smoked Luckies myself for 29 years. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to listen to the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show on Sundays and a day in the life of Dennis Day on Wednesday. Well, kids, I'm glad you all enjoyed the Thanksgiving dinner, and oh, darn it, I just remembered something. I forgot to invite Norman Krasner. I better call him up and apologize and ask him to dinner tonight. Norman Krasner's residence. I'd like to speak to Mr. Krasner, please. This is Jack Benny. I'm sorry, but Mr. Krasner's busy at the moment. Uh, could I give him a message? Yes, I'd like you to find out if he can go out to dinner with me tonight. Just a moment, I'll ask him. Hello? Hello, what did Mr. Krasner say? <laughs> good, good. Tell him 8 o'clock. Goodbye. <laughs> This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Laugh a while and a song be your style, you spit shampoo. Don't despair, use your head, save your hair, you spit shampoo. Soft, shining hair. That's what every girl wants. And that's the way your hair will be when you use Fitch's new cream shampoo. Fitch's cream shampoo leaves your hair dreamy soft like moonlight, shining like bright starlight. That's because this marvelous new shampoo is made with two beneficial beauty aids, lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin is used to soften the hair, to give it a brand new look. Olive oil is used to bring out sparkling highlights to leave your hair gleaming and lustrous. 
and girls you'll find Fitch's cream shampoo delightfully easy to use. Just a small dab whips into heaps of lather to thoroughly cleanse your hair and scalp. To rinse, just a swish of plain water and every bubble of suds is gone. Then see how soft and bright, how gloriously right this amazing shampoo leaves your hair. It looks as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. Fitch's cream shampoo is thrifty, too. Compare the size of the jar, compare its low cost, and buy it at drug or toilet goods counters. That's Fitch's cream shampoo, made with lanolin and olive oil for softer, shinier hair. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Porter Hall, Wally Mayer, Frank Nelson, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. This morning, the Harris children were flying a kite which got caught in the neighbor's telephone wire. As we look in, we find Phil climbing a tree to rescue the kite. Hey, Alice, climbing this tree is tougher than I thought. Careful, Tarzan. You're not as young as you used to be. Uh, never mind. I'll just grab this limb and lift myself right up. Phil, what happened? What did you break? I ain't sure, but if a branch doesn't come down, it was my arm. <laughs> that should have been my line. Phil, are you hurt? <laughs> No, no, I'm not hurt. I'm all right. Scratch my arm a little and rip my shirt. What a day this has been. I start to relax, and then I got to go climbing trees, ripping my clothes, hurting myself. My goodness. Well, thank heavens nothing else could possibly happen to me today. Good morning, Philip. <laughs> I had to open my big, fat mouth. Things ain't bad enough. Little beaver just rode up. Philip, how in the world did you get up in that tree? How did I... I sat on it when it was an acorn and grew up with it. Now, keep quiet a minute, Beaver. Now, if I just lean over... If I lean over, I can just about reach that telephone wire. There, I got it! Look out, Phil! You're losing your balance! Help, Alice! I'm falling! Oh, Phil. Phil, are you all right? Tell me, are you hurt? No, fortunately, I fell on top of Willie. Oh. I knew he'd come in handy someday. Yeah. Hey, you okay, Willie? Oh, I, I'm somewhat bruised, but otherwise I'm not hurt. What did he say, Phil? He hurt he's somewhat and bruised he's otherwise. <laughs> oh, Phil, you're so clumsy. Well, what are you kicking about? I got the kid's kite, didn't I? I got it right here in my hand and... Hey, wait a minute. What's this I got in my other hand? Mr. Galen's telephone wire. You pulled it down with you. Oh, no, Alice, no. Let's get in the house and hide before that crabby old neighbor finds out what happens. He's a mess, that guy. Just a moment, Philip. You can't run off and leave this broken wire lying here. Your neighbor won't be able to get any calls. Huh? You know something? You're right, Willie. Here, you stand here and hold the wires. What, what am I going to do with them? Stick them in your ears, and if a call comes through, take the message and give it to Galen. <laughs> and believe me, you can do it. <laughs> Come on, let's get in the house. Oh, Phil, you have to go and tell Mr. Galen what you did. All right, all right, honey. I'll tell him later. Now, leave me alone. Why is everybody picking on me? What's wrong with you, Philip? You've been awfully grouchy lately. Well, last week the doctor told him to slow down, and now that he has time on his hands, he doesn't know what to do with himself. 
Philip, what you need is a hobby. Like what? Well, why don't you become a philatelist? A what's a who's assist? <laughs> a philatelist. That's stamp collecting. Stamp collecting? <laughs> you dear boy. <laughs> that sounds like an exciting hobby. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling me to take up crocheting. Philip, that's an excellent suggestion. You can hold make it, all... Buster. Hold it. <laughs> Oh, Phil, it's a wonderful form of relaxation. There's nothing wrong with a man crocheting. Lots of men do it. Oh, fine, fine. I can just see myself with the guys in the band knocking out a lace tablecloth with one hand and marking a racing form with the other. <laughs> Alice is right. Lots of men do crochet. I used to do it several years ago. I don't like to brag, but I became quite expert at it. And I did some very original needlework. Thank you, Betsy Ross. <laughs> Oh, Phil, why don't you try it? Look, I'm crocheting a dolly. Here, you take it and I'll show you how to do it. Oh, but Alice, That's why I... it's very simple. Oh. All you do is put the hook through this loop, catch the thread, and pull it through. See? Oh, all right, I'll try it, but I ain't gonna like it. Pull the blinds down. <laughs> this is the silliest thing that... Uh-oh, there's the doorbell. I'll get it. Hi, Curly. Oh, hiya, Frankie. Come on in. Okay, I just stopped... <laughs> Curly, what do you got in your hand? <laughs> this? Oh, it's, uh, it's my needlework <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll go out and come in again <laughs> Curly, this may seem like a stupid question But what are you doing with that needlework? I'm crocheting a doily Well, la-di-da <laughs> Look, will you stop already, Frankie? I'm just trying this for Alice's sake And no cracks about my crocheting I'm not making any cracks All right Now come on inside Well, don't stand there Come on in After you, madame <laughs> Don't be a wise guy Let's go inside I'm just doing this because Alice thought I needed a hobby No offense, Curly It just seems a little strange to... Oh, hello, Alice Hello, Frankie Hiya, Willie Good morning, Franklin. <laughs> Franklin? Did somebody come in with me? <laughs> now, look, Alice, I'm not going to do no crocheting. It ain't for me. All right, all right. Maybe Frankie can suggest a hobby that will appeal to you. Who, Frank? Mm-hmm. Hey, Franklin. Huh? <laughs> do, uh, do you have a hobby? Oh, yeah. I used to have one. I took up painting. First, I went out and bought a set of paints. Then I hired a beautiful model. Yeah? Then what? Then I threw away the paints. <laughs> well, if you weren't painting, why the model? Yeah, why the model? I demand the right to read a prepared statement. <laughs> hey, Curly, tell you, if you really want a hobby, why don't you go to that hobby shop in town? They got all kinds of stuff. Hey, you know, that's a good idea, Phil. I'm sure you'll be able to find something there. What do you think you'd like? Well, uh, the model idea sort of appealed to me. Uh... Oh, well, now, wait a minute. Never mind that. Well, why don't you and Frankie go and look around the hobby shop? Well, I think the whole thing is awful silly, but if it'll make you any happier, I'll go. Come on, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil, try to pick something that will stimulate your mind. Get an intellectual hobby. Okay, okay, intellectual. 
whole thing is ridiculous. You get a little older and you have to go out and look for a hobby. I can't understand it. When I was a kid, I didn't have any trouble finding something to do in my spare time. I'd just get one of the gang and then I'd say... You get a line and I'll get a pole, honey. You get a line and I'll get a pole, babe. You get a line and I'll get a pole and we'll go down to the craw that hole, honey, baby mine. Yonder come a man with a sack on his back, honey. Yonder come a man with a sack on his back, babe. Yonder come a man with a sack on his back, got more craw dads than he can pack, honey, baby mine. That man fell down and busted his sack, honey. That man fell down and busted his sack, babe. That man fell down and busted his sack. Just watch him crawdads back and back, honey, baby mine. I sell my crawdads three for a dime, honey. I sell my crawdads three for a dime, babe. I sell my crawdads three for a dime. Ain't no crawdads as good as mine, honey, baby mine. What are you gonna do when you lose your pole, honey? What are you gonna do when you lose your pole, babe? What are you gonna do when you lose your pole? Just sit and look down that crawdad hole, honey, baby mine. What are you gonna do when the creek goes dry, honey? What are you gonna do when the creek goes dry, babe? What are you gonna do when the creek goes dry? Just sit and watch them crawdads die, honey, baby mine. Well, get up, Kate, you slept too late, honey. Get up, Kate, you slept too late, babe. Get up, Kate, you slept too late. That crawdad man that passed your gate, honey. Baby, my. Charlie, they got a lot of stuff in this hobby shop. You ought to be able to find something here. Well, I don't even know what to ask the guy for. It seems so silly. I feel like a dope telling him to try to find me a hobby. He don't have to know it's for you. Tell him you're getting it for somebody else. Come on, we'll ask the clerk. Hey, bub, come in a minute. How do you do? <laughs> and what can I do for you two? People? <laughs> Say, uh, uh, look, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're looking for a hobby for somebody. Do, uh, do you have anything intellectual? Well, we have them as intellectual as you want. We have things for the highest mentalities. What's your friend's occupation? He's, uh, a band leader. Well, we have something for the lower mentalities, too. <laughs> Perhaps I've heard of your friend. What's his name? Phil Harris. Oh, we really hit rock bottom, didn't we? <laughs> Just a minute. Don't you say nothing about Phil Harris in front of me. Well, You got a lot of nerve saying that Phil Harris has a low mentality. Did you ever meet him? No. Then how'd you find out about his low mentality? (laughs) Have you been in here before, Curly? No, I can't understand how the guy find out about... Wait a minute. (laughs) Now look, Bob, I ain't got no time to waste. What kind of hobbies have you got? Well, we have wood-burning sets, clay modeling sets, model airplane kits, and there's something here that you'll love. 
What is it? A genuine nylon butterfly catching set. <laughs> okay, Frankie, let's blow. Let's get out of this. Now, wait a minute, before Curly. Boy, stop it a minute. Wait a minute. I ain't going to stay in here and be responsible. Let's get out of here. Now, listen to me, kid. I think you ought to buy one of those. I ought to buy one. Absolutely. A man's a fool to be without a genuine nylon butterfly catching set. You get behind the counter with him. Let's go. I'm sorry, bub. You ain't got nothing in here I want. Now, wait a minute. I have something here. Oh. It isn't exactly a hobby. It's more of a gadget. I made it myself out of a razor blade, a piece of sandpaper, and an old windshield wiper. What is it? A face scraper for sloppy bubblegum blowers. <laughs> hey, Frankie, get me one. We better leave, Frank. We better get out of here. I ain't gonna... Hey, Curly, look. There's something for you. A set of electric trains. Why don't you get those? Oh, please. Will you quiet down? Electric trains? That's for children. Yes. You're right. You're right. If I were you, I'd take the nylon butterfly catching set. No, no. Look, Curly, it's a beautiful set of trains. I All right, cut it out. Cut it out, both of you. You guys ain't talking me into anything. Now, I'm not buying no electric trains or anything else here, and that's final. Oh, hello, Phil. Well, find something you like at the hobby shop? No. Well, then, what have you got in that box under your arm? Electric trains. <laughs> What's in that box under your other arm? Genuine nylon butterfly catching set. Well, that sounds like an interesting combination. Phil, what's that small package in your pocket? Oh, that? That's nothing at all. What is it? A face scraper for a sloppy bubble glum. Blubble glum? Oh, it's good for blowing blubbles, huh? Where's Frank? He's out in the car, and he's bringing in the rest of the package. Well, this here is the last box of stuff, Curly. I... Oh, hello, Alice. Hey, where did you see the electric train set me and Curly bought? Come on in the living room. We'll put the tracks up. Ooh. All these large boxes. I hope you fellas didn't get one of those great big trains. Oh, no, no. To... This is just a simple little set with oh. a few tracks. Uh -huh. I'll show you. I'll dump the tracks out on the floor. Well, that's the first box. <laughs> you see, Alice, it's a... Hey, Alice, where are you? Right here in the back of this pile of tracks. Oh. Did you fellas say you have more tracks? Oh, just four more boxes. Well, come on, Curly. Let's get down on our knees and start putting the tracks together. Hey, Alice, you can help us, too. It'll be fun. Thanks. Well... We did it. The tracks are all down. Yep. Yeah, and it only took two hours. Yep. Now to get the trains going, I'll hook up the wires, Curly. This one goes to the transformer. Now, wait this... a minute. Wait. Cur Hold it just a minute. Now, I want to ask you one question. What? Are you sure you know what you're doing, Frank? Well, of course I do. <laughs> if there's one thing I know, it's electricity. <laughs> <laughs> My nephew got a set of trains. I always hook his up for him. Yeah, why is it hooked? Go on, just turn the switch on, Curly. Okay. <laughs> now you did it. You blew out the transformer. That's funny. The same thing always happens to my nephew's set. <laughs> oh, Remley, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You broke my electric trains. <laughs> 
Yes, Frankie, you went and broke Filthy's little buddy choo-choo twine. Thank you, one-armed baby schnooks. <laughs> Can't understand it. You're always doing something like that. Now, we spent all that time putting the tracks down, and now we got no transformer, and what do you... How you... Hey, hey, wait a minute, huh? Hey, you know, Mr. Galen next door's got a great big train set in his cellar. I can borrow his transformer. Mr. Galen? Oh, for goodness sakes, Phil. We forgot to tell him about your pulling his telephone wire down. So what? I'll tell him when I go in to borrow his transformer. Hey, come on, Frankie. Yeah, okay, Phil. Oh, what a man. I guess I'm lucky he only brought home a train set as a hobby. He might have decided to collect antique cars. I could just see him breezing into the house and saying, Get your veil and get your duster. Get the yen for goggles when the wind's a guster. Keep your Hubbard gown firmly belted down when you're out in your Stanley steamer. In a gale, we never fluster. Cause we're told we get that old familiar luster. If you're dressed in style, style, everyone will smile, smile when you're out in your Stanley steamer. Honk, honk. Honk, honk, honk The donkey used to have his charm But he's looking at us with alarm For it looks like he's back to the farm But if you fail with your combustor Then your speed is gonna need a new adjuster And you must be just, just the one we trust Or we won't step inside No, we won't take the ride That you plan in your Stanley Steamer that you plan in your Stanley Steamer. The tandem bike has had its day. If you're riding one, you'll find that they poke along in an obsolete way. We're full of bright, bright, bright anticipation. Like a child who has a wild imagination. And we want to ride, want to ride inside Of the latest motor deal Want to sit behind the wheel With the man in the Stanley Steamer With the man in the Stanley Steamer In your Stanley Steamer I'm all Frankie, I don't like this idea. Well, I don't like the whole thing. You're going to get us into a lot of trouble. We can't sneak down here in Mr. Galen's cellar to get his transformer. What do you think? The guy's liable to have you arrested or something. Why can't we come down here? Old Grouch wouldn't lend it to us. Slammed the door in our face even before you could tell him you pulled down his telephone wire. <laughs> hey, Frankie. Huh? Now, you see that little thing over in the corner? That's yeah? the transformer. Oh, yeah. Now, wait a minute. Uh, just grab it and let's beat it. No, 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 no. Not so fast. Get it all the way upstairs and it won't work. Let's test it first and yeah. see if it's working. <laughs> I'll put the plug in and you attach that wire here and the other one over there. Wait a minute, Pluggy. Wait a minute. <laughs> now, just one second. Doesn't this little wire go here? Please, Curly, will you do it my way? All right, all right. Everybody stand back. Here we go again. All right, there they are. The wires are hooked up. Good, you're a good man. 
All right. Turn the switch on, Curly. Uh, now we'll try it your way, Curly. See what I told you? Now you've blown out the transformer again. Now we can't do nothing. Hey, wait a minute. Look at that smoke. I smell smoke. Look so at... do I. Hey, Curly, look. Those wires are smoking. Oh, man, we've started a fire. Stamp on those wires. Stamp on them. All right, Stamp all right. it down. Okay, I'll get it. All right. <coughs> well, thank goodness we got the fire out. Yeah, but the place is full of smoke. Who's down there in my cellar, right? <coughs> What's all this smoke from? <laughs> hey, I see you two through the smoke. Who are you? <laughs> uh, uh, the Smith brothers. Have a cough drop? <laughs> You've set my cellar on fire. <laughs> I'll take care of you two, whoever you are, as soon as I call the fire department. Hey, Frankie, we better get out of here. Let's go trade. Okay, Mark. <laughs> This is awful. Now, look, the only thing to do is to sneak up in my room till this thing blows over. If Alice ever finds out that we're in that guy's cellar and did what we did, I'll never hear the end. Phil, Phil, where oh. have you been? Mr. Galen's house is on fire. He's inside now using our phone to call the fire department. A fire in Mr. Galen's house? Yes. How devastating. <laughs> Why, who could have started the fire in Mr. Galen's cellar? I didn't say cellar. How did you know? Well, I, uh, I, uh... Hey, that's a well-put question. <laughs> I wish you'd put it back where you got it from. The fire department will be here in any minute. Oh, hello, Harris. Hi, neighbor. Uh, what's new over at your house? My house is on fire. It's smoking like the Dickens. What I... are you getting so excited about? It ain't much of a fire. It is, too. It is not. I say it is. It is not, and we ought to know because we started it. <laughs> Pay no attention to Frankie, Mr. Gallon. He's been brushing his teeth with gunpowder and he keeps shooting off his mouth. So you're the two I saw in my cellar. Well, I ought to have you both arrested. You're a very nasty man. I don't blame Curly for pulling down your telephone wire. Frankie, <laughs> shut up! Oh, so you did that too. Well, that's a lot. Oh, oh, there's the fire department now. There must be a policeman with him. I'm going to get him and have you both thrown in jail. Officer, officer, come here. Well, how did you and Frankie start a oh. fire in Mr. Galen's cellar? Oh, there's no fire, honey. We just had a little accident and caused a little smoke. It's nothing. And that guy has to run and get a copper. Come this way, officer. There. There they are. I want you to arrest them. Oh, Alice, don't let him arrest us. Do something. All right, all right. I know how to handle policemen. Well, faith and be God on the top of the mountain to you. Tis a fine breath of a lad, John. How are things in Glockamara, Officer O'Reilly? The name is Shapiro, and what's the Glockamara? <laughs> Now, what's this about you two fellas starting a fire in this man's cellar? It was an accident, officer, of just a little accident. We went to bar his transformer. Uh, well, don't be embarrassed, Curly. Well, <laughs> we went to bar his transformer so, so we could run my electric trains. Electric trains? <laughs> Ain't you a little old for that sort of stuff? You better come along with me, bud. That's right, officer. Arrest him. All right, all right. I'll go quietly. Go on, Curly. Oh. <laughs> I never should have gone out to get a hobby. I should have stuck to my crocheting. Oh. Oh, uh, do you crochet? <laughs> well, uh, I... You I... know, that's my hobby, too. Oh, really? 
I'd love to crochet. And I'd make some very nice pieces, too. Officer, are you going quiet, to... Quiet, you, quiet. <laughs> Tell me, uh, have you crocheted anything lately? Well, uh, I was just working on this little doily here. How do you like it? Well, let me see it. Say, <laughs> say, this ain't bad at all. Uh-uh-uh. I think you made a mistake here, though. <laughs> yeah, I suggest that you... Officer, uh, I demand Shut that up you... or I'll run your wind. <laughs> now, as I was saying, Mr. Harris, uh, you should have done it this way. Now, here, here, I'll show you, I'll show you. First, you take the needle like this, see? And then you run the thread through this way. Oh, yeah. You mean underneath that? Like, right. like that? Oh, gee, silly, I was... See, I was using a number 16 needle. Well, that's perfectly all right. Frankie, Frankie, I guess we'd better leave these two alone. Oh, okay. Is your shampoo doing right by you? Yes, is your shampoo doing right by you? My shampoo lathers all right, but it doesn't remove my dandruff. I've tried one shampoo after another. They all suds up and rinse out, but I still have dandruff. If your shampoo is letting you down when it comes to removing dandruff, switch to Fitch. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. It's guaranteed to remove all dandruff. Medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind. The other clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind. If your present shampoo is doing only half the job, removing only part of your dandruff, remember, Fitch removes both kinds completely. So be free of unsightly dandruff. Be free of invisible, irritating dandruff. Yes, be free of all embarrassing dandruff. Fitch is the only shampoo whose guarantee to remove dandruff with first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. So switch to Fitch. At drug counters, barber, and beauty shops, ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch Shampoo does right by you. Now, you see, Mr. Harris, you must follow through on this stitch this way. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Now, you see, I pull the thread through, and then I, I, and then I bring it through from the other side. That's right. Well, now I'm so you happy, got see, it. because Frankie. I want to crochet of a course. swing. Frankie, let's get out of here. They're still at it. They should be very pretty. They seem to be very happy. Where do you want to go, Alice? I think you can well, let's go to Griffith Park and play with Bill's Butterfly Catching Set. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, directed by Paul Phillips. Alice Fay appears through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. The part of Frankie was played by Elliot Lewis. 
softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil for sparkling highlights. Try Fitch's cream shampoo. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. I hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. I uh, thought since it's Thanksgiving, I would go ahead and thank some folks. I want to thank all of you listeners, uh, the thousands of you every day that download and listen to the podcast and and, and uh, just enjoy it and email me and all those wonderful things that everybody does and give me great reviews and um I just love doing this. Uh, I especially want to thank all of those who've donated to help keep the podcast going, because, of course, we do have to pay for the bandwidth. Um, I thought I'd go through a few of those people, uh, list a few of them for you, just for fun. This is not everybody, of course. Um, If I leave you out, I'm just so thankful that you have donated, but here's some of the folks. Eleonora, John, Robert, Steve, Mark, Gail... Marshall, Jack, uh, Matthew, Dennis, Warren, William, Kenneth, David, Anthony, Frank, Stephen, Bart, uh, Thomas, Keeley, Leah, uh, Naomi, Anthony, Philip, Michelle, um, Laura, Gail, John, uh, Charles, Timothy, Ray, um, and and just real quickly, off the top of my head, I know that Ray and John and Gail and Ian and Michelle uh, and Leah uh, have been around for a long time, a number of years, uh, generously giving to the podcast, and I thank all of you and all the rest of you folks who donate. Um, it just really helps make things run. Uh, besides you folks, I would really like to thank um, Mary Livingston and Don Wilson and Dennis Day and Eddie Rochester Anderson and Phil Harris. I would love to thank Frank Nelson and Mel Blank um, and uh, the Sportsman Quartet. Um, I would love to thank all the writers of the Jack Benny Show for tonight's episode, Ed Beloyne, Bill Morrow. I'd like to thank Al Bosberg for ever thinking up the character of Rochester. Um, I would like to thank Harry Kahn for starting the whole ball kind of rolling. Uh, certainly I'd like to thank all of the later writers of the Jack Benny Show. There's too many of them to really list right now, but uh, anyway, I'm just thankful for anyone involved with Jack Benny and that we could bring these shows. I thank all the folks that have recorded the shows over time, transferred them to MP3 format, tried to improve the sound quality of the shows. Uh, you folks have done a fabulous job, 
and it makes it so much fun to bring these great shows to you every week. Uh, most of all, <laughs> of course, I'd like to thank Jack Benny himself uh, for just sticking with it and creating the longest-running radio and television uh, primetime programming of anyone in history. Uh, and just, um, I just can't believe we can do all this and bring you all this. So, and thanks for tuning in and listening to me every week and every, and more time, more than that, almost every day. <laughs> anyway, enjoy, and we will see you all next time. Remember, uh, give to the Red Cross to help our our friends on the East Coast. Uh, that's you can go to redcross.org. Or you can go, I believe it's 1-800-RED-CROSS that you could call uh, and donate as much as you can to help as many people as you can. Uh, thanks again, and we will see you next time. The Jello program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Go South, Young Man, from the Cotton Club Review. Whether it's a company dinner or just a regular family affair, any meal will be a greater success if it's topped off with a delicious dessert. And no dessert is more delicious or more popular than Jell-O. Jell-O is a grand dessert, easy to prepare, swell to look at, and luscious to taste. Jell-O is crammed with extra-rich fruit flavor, a true fruit goodness that rivals the flavor of fresh, ripe fruit itself. But remember this, there's only one Jell-O, and only Jell-O brings you that special extra-rich fruit flavor. So if you want to top your dinner with a dessert that will be an assured success, serve Jell-O. But be sure you get genuine Jell-O. Don't accept any substitutes. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. That was Go South, young man, from the Cotton Club Review. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who every Sunday night at this same time walks up to the microphone, looks it square in the eye, and says... Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. <laughs> well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Don, that was a cute opening. That was a nice introduction and nice teamwork, too, I thought. You and I certainly work well together, don't we? Oh, yes, we do, Jack. It's remarkable the way we seem to balance each other. What was that, Don? <laughs> I say it's remarkable the way we balance each other. I think so. Of course, we would have a little trouble on a seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> say, Don, can you imagine the both of us on a seesaw? Me way up in the clouds and you down on the good earth? <laughs> Gee, it makes me dizzy. Oh, boy. Well, uh, Jack, do you want me to get off? Woo! Don't you dare! <laughs> My feet are flat enough now. <laughs> anyway, Don, we're too old to be playing around on a seesaw. Yeah, let's go over to the sand pile. Oh, let's drop this silly talk. We're getting a little bit goofy. Aren't we all? Hello, Jack. <laughs> well, Kenny, of all people, what are you doing here? Oh, I was on my way to the movies and I got lost. <laughs> well, you couldn't have got lost in a better place. We can use you here. Yeah. Say, Jack, I want to thank you for inviting me over to your house for Thanksgiving dinner. 
Oh, that's all right, Kenny. You're always welcome. And I want to thank you, too, Jack. And I also want to congratulate you for cooking that big dinner all by yourself. Oh, it was nothing, Don. I always do that. You may not know this, but I'm considered to be quite a cook. Oh, you are? Oh, for years I've been known as Prudence Benny of Beverly Hills. (laughs) And my pies. You know, I'm famous for my lemon marinju. Marinju? Why, that's marangay. Oh, is that the way it's pronounced? Oh, gee, you learn something every day. Well, well, so you cooked the Thanksgiving dinner all by yourself, eh, Jack? Yes, Phil, with my very own hands. Why didn't you come? Did you have a previous engagement? No, just a hunch. Oh, 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 well, you missed something. It was a grand meal. We had all the trimmings and everything you wanted to drink. Everything. Gee, everybody else had wine with each course, and you made me drink milk. Well, Kenny, you're too young. Besides, milk is good for you. Milk goes with anything. Doesn't go with my brown suit. <laughs> well, the turkey was good, wasn't it? Say, Jack, don't tell me you served that old bird Andy Devine gave you last week. Yes, Phil, and it was all right, wasn't it, Don? Well, it surprised me, Jack. That turkey looked so tough, and yet it turned out so tender. What did you do? I cooked it with a blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> that did it. A blowtorch? That's a fine way to cook a turkey. Why didn't you put it in the oven? I tried to, Phil, but it kept jumping out all the time. I can't understand it either. I put paperweights in the dressing. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, kitchen mechanic. Hmm. Well, Mary, did you enjoy my Thanksgiving dinner? No kidding. How was it, Mary? Oh, it was swell. We had everything from soup to bicarbonate of soda. Hmm. And what mashed potatoes? I'll say. They were so lumpy, Jack had to serve them in the sugar bowl. I didn't have to. I was short of dishes. Gee. I thought those mashed potatoes were swell. They were so nice and tan. Yeah. (laughs) Tan potatoes? Well, the stove was crowded, and I had to cook them under the sun lamp. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, the turkey was delicious. I got a wing, and it was swell. I got a leg, and it kicked me. (laughs) Oh, it did. I got a neck with a collar button in it. Why don't you stay out of the kitchen, Jack? That's a woman's job. Now, Phil, that's the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. That's ridiculous. Men are better in everything. Our greatest cooks are men. Our greatest dress designers are men. Our greatest dancers are men. Our greatest... (laughs) What are you laughing at? When you get to mothers, watch out. (laughs) Well, the greatest fathers are men. Got that over. Anyway, it's a fine thing to come to my house for dinner and criticize it. That was real home cooking. Why, you never tasted such rolls in all your life. Boy, were they heavy. They were not. I had to jack mine up to butter it. (laughs) A fine appreciation after the trouble I went to. I work and slave over a hot stove, and what do I get? Oh, Jack, now what's the matter with you? They're only kidding. Why, everybody had a good time and enjoyed the dinner. Oh, no, they didn't. And here's something else I wasn't going to mention, but I will now. This will fix you guys. Uh-huh. I had five people to dinner, and six spoons were missing. Six? I took two. Well, give me one back. Don't be a pig. Do you want the, do you want the one from the Brown Derby? No, the one from the Ambassador. I've got a set. And now if you fellas are all through heckling my dinner, maybe we can have a selection from the orchestra. Play, Phil. For two cents, I tear up my cookbook.
can stop me from kissing you. You can stop me from cuddling too. You can treat me mean, honey, that's all right. But I'll get even with you tonight, cause you can't stop me from dreaming. You can stop me from holding hands. Make me listen to your command. You can say no, no, honey, that's all right. But I'll get even with you tonight, cause you can't stop me from dreaming. From one o'clock till nine, I'll dream you're mine. I'll steal a kiss, just see what you're going to miss. You can stop me romancing you. You're the boss now, but we're not through. Just turn me down, honey, that's all right, cause I'll get even with you tonight, cause you can't stop me from dreaming. You Can't Stop Me From Dreaming, played by the orchestra with a vocal chorus by Phil Harris. Say, Phil, that was quite a surprise. I didn't know you were going to slip in a solo there. Did you, Kenny? No, I didn't either. Oh, it was just a sudden impulse. It was, eh? What made you sing? I'm mad at the piano player, and he hates my voice. <laughs> oh, well, you certainly fixed him. What are you mad at him for? Oh, he tells everybody that I don't know how to lead an orchestra. Why, that's unreasonable. Oh, it's reasonable, all right, but I don't like it. <laughs> well, I don't blame you, Phil. I know how you feel. There are people right on this program who think they know more about comedy than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny. But it's true, Phil. Everybody wants to be a comedian. They all think they can get laughs. I know, Jack. But for real laughs, none of us can top that Maxwell of yours. Boy, that's really terrific. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jack, how's the old tub behaving? Oh, it's all right, Don. I've had no trouble, but I, um, well, I, I think I'm going to get rid of it. Get rid of it? Why? Oh, because nobody has respect for private property anymore. That's why. <laughs> Tell them what they did to your car, Jack. What happened? Oh, it burns me up just thinking about it. Now, what was it, Jack? Well, I stopped in the store for a cigar. When I came out, somebody had written on my car... Lulu loves Butch. <laughs> Gee, I was mad. Lulu loves Butch? That's awful. I didn't mind that so much, but I don't even know the people. Oh. <laughs> well, it's your own fault, Jack. You brought it on yourself when you put that sign on the back of your car. Oh, sign? That... Well, what does it say, Mary? Tune in on Jack Benny every Sunday night. <laughs> Well, that's legitimate advertising. And so is this. Ladies and gentlemen, Jell-O is America's favorite dessert. It is economical, easy to make, and comes in six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. What burns me up? Why don't Butch and Lulu get their own car? Oh, forget about Butch and Lulu. Well, anyway, I'm going to get rid of it. Did you put that ad in the paper, Mary? Yes, here it is. Oh. Uh, for sale or exchange, Maxwell Touring Car. All modern features, including self-starter and one-man top. Excellent view, only three blocks from the station. Say, well, what's that got to do with it? My uncle sold a house that way. Oh, oh, I see. Car in first-class condition, owner satisfied, but could feel better. 
a fine ad, huh? Uh, right wire or phone, Jack Benny, care of Lonely Hearts Club, Hollywood. <laughs> I don't belong to that anymore. Anyway, that ad ought to bring some results. Hmm? Say, Jack, yeah. I can't understand what you want to sell your car for. I told you why. Gosh, you, you've only had it a little while, and you're always bragging about it and fussing over it and going around with it all the time. Well? And now you want to part with it. Yes, I do. Gee, you're fickle. <laughs> well, Kenny, if you're so interested in my car, why don't you take it off my hands? Oh, I might at that. What do you want for it, Jack? Well, uh, well, let me see. Hmm. Well, Kenny... Would, uh, would $95 be too much? Hades, yes. <laughs> oh, it would. Well, if you're really interested in my car, maybe I can shave it a little. Oh, don't bother fixing it up. Well, Kenny, I can see that you don't want a car, so forget about it. Well, I'll think it over while I'm singing my song. Yeah, do that. What are you going to sing, Kenny? Moon over Manakura from the picture Hurricane. Well, that's a beautiful number, and right up your alley. Oh, wait a minute. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? Are you the party who had an ad in the paper regarding a Maxwell? Yes, I am. Are you in the market? I was, but I got out just in time. <laughs> Goodbye. Now, there's a lucky fellow. Sing, Kenny. I 
was Moon Over Manicura from Hurricane, sung by Kenny Baker. And you know, Kenny, there's one thing that always impresses me. It's that last note. Goes on and on. Why do you hold it so long? I never give up a song without a struggle. <laughs> oh, well, it's very effective. But, Kenny, in order to keep your voice in such perfect condition, you must do a lot of practicing. I'll say. I sing in a bathtub every morning. Oh. And you know, Jack, I had the most embarrassing thing happen to me once. What was it? I reached for a high note and swallowed the soap. The soap? Ooh, boy, that must have been awful. Yeah, I bubbled for a week. <laughs> Bubbles Baker. <laughs> Mary. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for want of something better to do, tonight we are going to offer a play in the form of a nature study. A little drama entitled The Private Life of a Bumblebee, which we will present in three buzzes and one sting. It certainly will. Quiet. <laughs> now, I will play the part of a rosebud. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Don, Kenny, and Phil will be insects as usual. Now, <laughs> uh, this will go on. Um, uh, there's a the phone, Jack. Let it ring. We've got a program to do. Oh. Okay. Maybe somebody wants to buy your car. Oh, oh yes. Give it to me. Hello, Jack Benny talking. Uh, would you like to have a talk? Uh, oh, slap her, Mom. Let me talk to you. It's my nickel. Go ahead. Well, slap, look. I'm busy right now. Call me back later, will you? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a customer for your car. You have? Who is it? My wife's brother. Oh, your brother-in-law. Well, look, slap. If he's a relative of yours, I'd rather not sell him my car. Go ahead. It'll serve him right. <laughs> Well, okay, bring him right over. Where are you, Schlepp? I'm around the corner in the drugstore in my new overcoat and a telephone booth. Hmm, are you standing up or sitting down? I don't know. It's dark in here. <laughs> well, look, Schlepp, bring your brother-in-law right up, and if I sell the car, I'll give you a nice commission. Why not? Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, Mary, that ad did get results. Huh? And come in. Hello, Stanza. Schlepperman, how did you get here so quick? What quick? I got stuck in the elevator. Say, Jack, I want you to meet my brother-in-law, Anatole Ginsburg. Well, 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 this is a pleasure, Mr. Ginsburg. I'm very, very happy to know you. Hello. Uh, well, Mr. Ginsburg, I understand you're very much interested in buying my Maxwell. Is that right? I'm not telling. Now, look, if you want to buy my car, Mr. Ginsburg... Uh, say, Jack. What, Mary? I don't think you've got a Chinaman's chance with this guy. What Chinaman? Who's a Chinaman? <laughs> if the hat fits, put it on. Stay out of this, Mary. Now, look, Mr. Ginsburg, if you want to buy my car, it'll have to be a cash proposition. You understand that? Oh, don't worry, Jack. He's got the cash. But only last week in the Irish sweepstakes, he won a prize amounting to... It's a lie. Boys, boys. It was in the neighborhood of $5,000. Why did you tell him? Did I say exactly? <laughs> now, look, fellas, wait a minute. Let's not take up a lot of time arguing. Mr. Ginsburg, do you want to buy the car or not? Yes. Don't be yesing with my money. <laughs> quiet, quiet, Anatole. Behave yourself. Be a gentleman. Where's your etiquette? Look who's talking etiquette. If it wasn't for me, you couldn't even speak English. Is that so? <laughs> You said it. Now I'm satisfied. <laughs> hey, boys, what is this anyway? The affairs of Anatole. <laughs> now, look here, Anatole. A man with your money should own a car like this. Now, I'll tell you what I'll do. 
I'll let you have it for $95 because I like you. Make it 50 and drop the affection. <laughs> now, look, Slap, I'd like to sell the car to your brother-in-law, but $95 is the lowest I can take. I'm voting out. All right, 85. I'm still voting. Now, go ahead. I don't care. Wait a minute, Anatole. Please, don't be a chimpanzee. Come here. Who's Mr. McCracken, the Maxwell? What's the name again? It's not for so much computer. I need it like a hole in a head. And besides, he looks like a crook. I resent that. Say, Jack, did they say anything about jello? That I'll buy. Muzzle tough. <laughs> now, look at what's going to happen here. Am I selling the car or not? Ah, hold on, Jackie boy. I know how to cleanse the deal. Take us out for a ride, and if Anatole likes the car, he'll buy it then at all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll take you out for a ride, and then we'll talk business. That okay with you, Mr. Ginsburg? I'll take the ride anyhow. Well, he's weakening, Jack. All right, you and Anatole can sit in the back seat. You'll find it nice and comfortable. Uh, play something, Phil. Come on, Mary, you can sit in front with me. I will not. Quiet, I bought cushions this morning. Let's go, boys. So long, gang. So long, Jack. Come on, Anatole, make it snappy. All Come right, on. don't push me. The car's rolling along pretty good. No trouble so far. We've only gone half a block. Well, is that bad? Say, Mary, turn around and see if the boys are enjoying the ride. Okay. Oh, Jack, I can only see Schlepperman. What? Hey, Schlepp, where's Anatole? I'm sitting on him. He wants to jump out. <laughs> well, I'll speed her up. You'll see something. Hold on, everybody. Hey, what's that? I wonder what that noise is. Uh, the spark plugs are doing the Big Apple. <laughs> hey, Anatole, how do you like the way the car runs? Quiet, I'm getting seasick. And I ain't got an appetite neither. Hey, Jack, look out. Look out for that bump. What bump? Oh, I see it. Well, that wasn't so bad, eh, Mary? <laughs> no, but your friends just left. 
They did. Hey, Flip, Anatole, where are you? They fell out. Well, I better go back and get them. Wait a minute, fellas. I'm coming right back. Don't bother. I wouldn't buy it anyhow. I don't blame them. That's a fine thing, Mary. Why didn't you notice that bump sooner? You're driving. I am not. You've got the steering wheel. I didn't before we hit that bump. Well, give it back. You haven't even got a driver's license. Might as well go home now. <laughs> Better stop at this gas station. That bump knocks the air out of my tires. Me too. <laughs> nice landing, Jack. Well, I was going pretty fast there, you know. Good evening, sir. What'll it be? I'd like some nice, fresh air. For breathing or tired? Tires, of course. Okay. Do you want any gasoline? No. He makes his own. I do not. <laughs> All right, put in two gallons, buddy. Two gallons? Is this car on a diet? <laughs> Don't get gay. Just put it in. Okay, sporty. <laughs> Where's the gas tank? What? Where's the gas tank? Under the seat. Get up, Mary. <laughs> Gee, is that the gas tank? Yeah. I've been using it for an ashtray. That's fine. Right here, bud. Hey, Bill, put in two gallons. I've got it. Hey, that's enough. I said two gallons. I'm sorry, mister, but we gave you two and a half. Well, I'm not going to pay for it. I asked for two gallons, and that's what I want. It's only a matter of eight cents. I don't care what it is. You made the mistake, not me. But, gee, it's only eight cents. Young man, do you realize that a family in China can live for two weeks on eight cents? So can you. Quiet. <laughs> oh, Jack, don't be so tight. I'm not tight. It's not the money. It's the principle of the thing. I'm not going to pay for one more drop than I ordered. All right, I'll match you. Double or nothing. Oh, no, you won't. What do you think I am, a chump? Quiet, Mary. <laughs> You guessed it. All right, buddy, what do I owe you? Two gallons, that's 32 cents. You want to pay it all now? <laughs> yes, and don't be smart. Here you are. Come on, Mary, let's go. Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Doggone it. I'll be glad when you get rid of this piece of junk. Oh, it'll start this time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, there she goes. Look out, Jack. You're in reverse. I am. Oh, what's the matter with me anyway? Hey, you, where do you think you're going? I'm sorry, mister. It was all my fault. Of all that careless dope. Say, I ought to punch you right in the nose. Hey, you, you can't say that to Jack. He can, too. Quiet. <laughs> now, look here, mister. If I've damaged your car, I'll pay for it. You better or you'll be sorry. Oh, yeah? Let's beat it, Mary, before I lose my temper. Oh, boy, you were lucky that time. I wasn't scared of him. He didn't upset me. Yeah, then take that cigar out of your ear and let's go. <laughs> Oh, I was looking for that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, we're off, Mary. Yippee! Yippee! 
Here's a swell new dessert your family's going to love. It's quick and easy, and it's delicious. The name of it is Pear Strawberry Mold, and it's a tempting combination of luscious strawberry jello and canned pears. And it's so easy to make that anyone can prepare it, but so colorful it even makes a swell party dessert. Here's all you have to do. Just dissolve a package of strawberry jello in a pint of hot water, turn into a mold, and chill until firm. Unmold on a platter and decorate with slices of crisp canned pears and maraschino cherries. A beautiful mold of shimmering strawberry jello garnished with cherries and pears. And it tastes every bit as good as it looks. For strawberry jello is packed full of delicious, extra rich fruit flavor. All six of jello's delicious flavors have that extra rich fruit flavor, too which makes every Jell-O dessert a triumph every time. So ask your grocer for the one and only genuine Jell-O. This is the last number of the ninth program in the new Jell-O series. We're with you again next Sunday night at the same time. Say, Mary, isn't it funny how nice and smooth the car runs when you and I are all alone in it? Huh? Yeah, that's always the way. Yeah. Oh, darn it, another flat. Fix it, Mary. No, it's your turn. That's right. Good night, folks. J-E-L-L-O. Kenny Baker has appeared on this program through courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. The melody, Mama, That Moon's In Again, is from the big broadcast of 1938, and The Sweet Someone is from Love and Hisses. This is the National Broadcasting Company.